I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World, a co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. Now, here's a top ten list you don't want to be on. It's the annual State Department list of human trafficking worst offenders. That is, countries that aren't doing enough to combat modern forms of slavery. This week, in its annual report on the issue, the Obama administration added Syria to the list. Other nations like Myanmar or Burma were removed. I'm joined by Ambassador Lou DeBaca. He's the U.S. coordinator for human trafficking issues. And Ambassador, what is the headline from this year's trafficking in persons report for you? Well, I think the headline is the notion that even transitional countries can and are fighting slavery. When we see countries like Burma, Egypt, Tunisia are stepping up, even a prosecution in Somalia this year. So I think that what we see is that it doesn't matter whether a country is rich or poor, stable, or coming out of a transition, the fight against modern slavery is something that all governments can and should be doing. Overall, is uh, human trafficking growing? We're looking at numbers now that seem to be between 21 and 27 million people worldwide. There's estimates it's the most people enslaved as a raw number um, in human history. But I think sadly what we're coming to realize is that this doesn't represent a growth in human trafficking. It represents the fact that there are so many people who suffered throughout the years without a response that was helping them. And I think that that's what's heartbreaking is to think about the last hundred years. Most of the countries of the world thought that slavery was over and so we didn't have to work on this. And yet people were suffering in silence. What happens if a country gets on the State Department watch list? I mean, obviously it's embarrassing, but but what actions are taken beyond naming and shaming? Well, we can't o- overstate, you know, naming and shaming. And then there are sanctions that can be applied to those particular countries, targeted sanctions. For instance, we saw the sanctions in the Democratic Republic of Congo last year were targeted towards the military in no small part because you had situations where uh, marauding soldiers were enslaving entire villages, you know, everything from prostitution to cooks to traveling porters. So in that situation, the sanctions that were put into place were specifically put on for military aid for mm. the maximum effect. And how did that change things ultimately in uh, DR Congo? You know, I think that what we're seeing is that more and more there are people who are empowered within these governments who had been wanting to make a change, and they use this as one of the ways they do that. We saw that in Burma this year. You know, we lifted the the trafficking report sanctions in February of this year. They were the first sanctions that the United States lifted against Burma. And it's because the Tiansen government had made it illegal after almost 105 years. They had gotten rid of the law that made it possible for state and local officials to enslave the population for whatever they wanted to. They could, you know, the local mayor could come and force you to work on a plantation. Um, For the first time in in the modern history of Burma, that is now illegal. Uh, Lou Dubaka, at this point, where is the country that your department believes has the biggest problem of sex trafficking? I think that we continue to see, um, especially in India and other parts of South Asia, these brothel districts. I think that those are some of the the worst conditions. But sadly, what we're also seeing is that the same tragedies happen, you know, on the streets of Memphis, on the streets of Washington, D.C. This is something that we can't, 
you know, simply look overseas and, and say trafficking and slavery happens over there. It's happening in our own backyards. I need to ask you how much, you know, cases like uh, the notorious case in Colombia when Secret Service agents hired uh, prostitutes there, how much that damages what you're trying to do? Well, I think that what we see is that, you know, the increased attention to the the situation, and there were some people that were asking what kind of analysis was ever done to see whether those women were adults. Because, of course, the definition of, of trafficking of modern slavery, when you're looking at sex trafficking, there's the idea that it's consensus in the United States and around the world that a child can never fully consent to being involved in prostitution. And so there was, I think, some awareness raised by the instance in Cartagena. But, you know, there's other things that we're seeing as well, and we're certainly looking at the government's uh, procurement policies, personnel policies, etc., to make sure that the taxpayer dollar is not inadvertently going uh, in any way to support this type of enslavement. Mm. Ambassador, I'd like to bring another voice into the conversation. Azazet Habtezki Kidoni is an Eritrean nun. Uh, Sister Aziza, as she's called, has led efforts to call attention to human trafficking in Sinai in Egypt, including sexual slavery and the torture of hundreds of African asylum seekers. And Sister Aziza, you'll be honored by the State Department this week for your work. Sister Aziza, I'd like to know what your personal connection is to, to this cause you're fighting. Was there a moment or an episode that really alerted you to the problem? A woman who was raped and she had a child and crying, she told me, I am so happy that I can tell what happened to me and to other fellow women and men. Where was she from? She was from Eritrea. And another one, a man, the same thing. I am so happy to tell you that I am alive today because I was wishing that I could die because I didn't want to face uh, what tomorrow and to be tortured, he wants to hang him, himself. But at that moment, a new uh, group came and they saved his life. When other three boys that they were with him, they passed away under the torture. And when I interviewed him, he said, I'm so happy I could tell about what happened to my friends this gave me a strength. I have to tell what they are telling me. I cannot keep it for myself. Sister Aziza, you, you said you wanted to get these stories of suffering and slavery out there for the whole world to hear. But what can you do as an activist in, in this area of human trafficking? What can you do really besides raising awareness? These people in our time, they are suffering. And these people are dying. So an international body has to do something because they are human like me and you. Sister Aziza and Ambassador Lou DeBaca, thank you both very much indeed. Thank you, Marco. Thank you.